Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast, Week 13 review. A very happy Week 13 for the Hook and Ladder Pod. We didn't, we may not have done great on our picks. You know, another mediocre week, but um, yeah, we're we, we are a mediocre yeah, podcast. Mediocre. You, you don't listen for the picks. You listen for the content. <laughs> um, Rutgers with a win yesterday. Notre Dame with a with a really big win on Friday, which. I'm not gonna because Colin's a very superstitious guy, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. But Notre Dame on Friday made their path to a college football playoff significantly easier. Um, and it's hard to envision many scenarios where Notre Dame doesn't get in, win or loss against Clemson, as long as they take care of business against Wake Forest in the coming weeks, right? Um, we'll get up, we'll get to that in a little bit, but we always fucking start with Notre Dame. They always start with fucking Rutgers, who this guy finally is gonna break down a five. He's gonna break down the Rutgers game because they won. These boys kept chopping. <laughs> they kept chopping. They kept chopping. They were down ten on the road in the Big Ten Conference to freaking Purdue. To the Big Ten Conference. What are you? you the Big Ten. <laughs> you're fucking. You're fucking Chiano, man. <laughs> you're fucking Chiano, the Big Ten guys. Um, I've never been high on Purdue. For whatever reason, there's been this vibe that Purdue is ascending because of Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown. And they've recruited some really good skill position players, Rondell Moore, David Bell, Xander Horvath. But you know what? Rutgers, with our gritty, gritty boys from New Jersey, came back, dominated, dominated the second half, and pulled out a big win. So I am in a thrilled, excited mood on this Sunday morning as we break down the college football Saturday. All right, you ready to roll? Yeah, let's go. All right, which uh, let's get. I got the conferences up. Let's get the random generator going. Which I actually think has been a really, really nice touch. Yeah, it, it is. A, it, I I think I know more about like the SEC and and uh, the Pac twelve. The Pac twelve. Now that we've been doing this. Also, I think this week. I, I guess we'll get to this, but I I think I finally have a feel for the Big Ten. <laughs> a little late in the game. Well, no, like 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 a sense of how the teams are this year. Yeah. Because well, it, it takes, like, four or five games before you actually have, like, an accurate, like, read on teams. In my opinion, it's Ohio State, and then it's everybody else. Yeah. That's, like, how I feel about the big Yeah, game. I agree. But we'll, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe first. Nope, not first. Pac-12. Pac-12. They Pac-12. really they, really, they love the Pac-12. I love this. it. I love it. All right, let's get the Pac-12 going. Um, we got to start. We got to start advertising this at, like, uh, 12, 12 p.m. Uh, yeah, get the Pac-12. Eastern time. Get the get the the West Coast. Uh, yeah, like, but they, they're always always complaining about East Coast bias. Mm-hmm. This is a West Coast podcast. I've heard. I was hearing people who live on the West Coast saying how much they love being on the West Coast because they love that they wake up and the games start at nine and the primetime games are at like five. Like I hate that. I would hate that. Wouldn't you hate? Like I think. Big- I think. That it could be nice. I don't want to wake up at nine on a Saturday. Okay, but but, but the besides the point is that could be nice because say you're like want to go out on mm-hmm. a Saturday, like That's doesn't it doesn't exist now nowadays because yes, there's fucking nothing to do. But if like I'm imagining like I'm about to go out to the bars yeah. and I get to watch the prime time like SEC game of the year, like Alabama versus. Uh, Georgia, and when that game finishes, I can go out like that, and you don't have to miss it because I I do know in college like when we would be getting ready to go out, 
I'd watch football all day Saturday. It's probably like half. And then I would just game. like I'd be pre gaming, watching the like late night game, and yeah. I'd be like, I'm like, damn, like I'm gonna yeah. miss the end of this because we got to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I can see that. I can see that. All right, Pac-12. Let's start with Oregon, Oregon State. Um, Tough. Tough. Should we should we recap our picks first? Let's just. I, no, we, let's just. I think if we just go through our picks right. as we go, I think that might uh, sounds good. Save save some time and uh, be more efficient. Well, so yeah, first pick you lost. Lost. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. I gained on you this week. You fucking dick. Won the lock fight. You did. Uh, such a stupid lock fight for both of us. Like that was a good lock fight for me. Yeah. I know. I, I I I read that shit right away. All right. Here's the thing about this game. Yep. Oregon loses 38-41. I had Oregon minus 13 and a half. And what I really hate about this game is that I think about like four or five of my reads this week were I saw this the line at like 13 and a half, and I saw they were begging you to bet the favorite. And I took the other underdog, and they covered. And here, they're begging you to bet the favorite. And I went, yeah, fuck it. I'm taking the favorite. And they lose outright. So what happened? Um, Did you watch? I watched. So I watched about the I watched the first half. Oregon looked in pretty good position. We went over and played some uh, some pong over over on the uh, ping pong table. And yeah, and I came back. And Oregon State had first and goal about to score to win the game. And that was that was that was not an ideal thing. I mean, here here's the thing is did you did you see any of this? Uh the second half, like late, like the fourth quarter, like late. Did you did you see the fog? Yes. That yes. was insane. Yes. You couldn't see yes. a thing. Like oh, there was a really- pit. There was, yeah, there was a pick, and they didn't eat on the, the announcers in the first half. They, like, called it incomplete. And then, like, they show the replay, and it's, like, super zoomed in because you can barely see it. And there you see the guy just, like, clearly caught the ball. Like, nobody had any idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so two picks for Kyler. Uh, sh- show? Shuck. Shock. That's such a weird – doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, the Oregon offense, like – Moved the ball pretty well. This is more a factor of their defense. Letting up 22 points in the fourth quarter is is not gonna not gonna win you very many football games. It's not gonna cover very many. They got outgained by like almost 70 yards, mm-hmm. and yeah, that like I don't know that you ha- you have a fumble and two picks, so you lose the turnover margin three to zero. On the road in a rivalry game, you're not going to win the game that many times. Yeah. Like, I, do you have any takeaways from the end of this? Um, or yeah. you say could run the ball? Yeah. Well, I think we knew that. Yeah. I think, I think we knew Jamar Jefferson was the real deal, and like they've been able to run the ball successfully the last few years. I think the question mark was still Tristan Gebbia. Um, and I don't think he played great, but like he was competent and he didn't turn the ball over, which was really important. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway is Oregon's defense is not very good. No, it's not. Like Washington State was able to move the ball on them. UCLA was able to move the ball on them. And now clearly Oregon State, who was kind of unimpressive. Yeah, they, they, I mean, this is why I took this game is because I looked at this schedule. And this is the thing that's really tough. And it makes betting on this season even tougher is that – it kind of I, – I was talking to Satsu about this before with the Big Ten is now there's enough Big Ten games that I think I have a pretty accurate sense of where the teams are at for this season. Like you can look at how they played and you can look at there's – there's 
big enough sample size that you can tell. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten is there hasn't been that many games, so it's still like it's still like early season betting where you have to rely a lot on what you thought coming in, what their recruiting rankings is, yeah. who they lost. Mm-hmm. And I tried on this game to re- rely on like outside games. Like UCLA is per- impressed, so I thought that win was solid. Yeah. Then Oregon State lost to Washington State, and Oregon beat Washington State in the game. They turned the ball over three times. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was solid. But the thing is, in these early games, there's not a big enough sample size. And if you haven't watched every single one of these teams play, yeah. it's incredibly tough to bet on them because there's there's things that are missed in box scores that you can't know unless you've seen every game. And uh, I think that came back to bite me here. I think the, the, the Pac-12, I think I'm getting a little bit of a sense, but I still think I need like one more. I think once you have five games, that's a decent sample size. But the thing is, the Pac-12, you're not going to get very many more games after that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Um, and we're not – I mean, we're going to bet on them regardless, <laughs> whether we know them perfectly or not. Yeah. Like, it's, just, it's just part of the grind. Um, yeah, I, look, Oregon State is a good win. Oregon, honestly, probably hurts the Pac-12. More yeah, than it, it does. It makes our USC future look a little bit better. Yeah, oh, especially as they had the week off. Um, yeah. But, yeah. This was a. Uh, this is this is the thing about this game is I tried to rely heavily on the season results so far, and I don't think you can do that when there's only been three games. Yeah, this is kind of what my dad said watching the Rutgers football game yesterday. He was like, he was like, look, this 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 season's fucked. Like anybody can be if if you have a pulse, like, and you're not like like Kansas, you know what I mean? Like if you or if you're not Kansas, you and you have like some pulse and some concept of coaching and like at least decent players you can go out and win any game and we saw that michigan state beats northwestern syracuse could have beaten nc state like i mean like oregon state beats oregon like it happens yeah unless well there's also different levels yeah there's there's certain certain teams that yeah but um but i also think yeah that this is a factor of like we talked about this before we were big on the fade oregon train right yeah because they didn't have they lost a ton coming into this year. Yeah. And I think they had overperformed expectations yeah. to the start of the year. And I think I bought a little bit too much into that and forgot about they lost everybody on their defense. They had a ton of opt-outs. Their offense is completely new and they have a completely new system. And I think like the hype is warranted because Oregon's got something going under Crystal Ball and they're recruiting at a really high level. But there's still – this this season is still we expected a step back. It just took a little while to get there, and now we've seen the like yeah. some of the issues that are like their defense has holes. Yeah. Their offense isn't electric. Yeah. They're just Oregon's a solid team. Oregon's, Oregon's a nice 15, 15 20 yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stanford beats Cal twenty four to twenty three in a battle of Pac twelve doormats. I mean, for what is worth the game. The, in, yeah, the, the game. The books had this one pegged perfectly. Yeah, one and a half. Right? One, I think I think it opened at Cal one and a half, and then it closed at Stanford one and a half. And like, 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 there's a chance they made a freaking killing on this, like betting on like Stanford minus. I'm sure there were people that bet the Cal money line and bet Stanford minus one and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah, and got the sandwich there for Stanford. Oh, that's brutal. Um, 
Any takeaways? I didn't get to watch this. I so I didn't get to watch this. I see Cal has two turnovers, two fumbles, and I believe this game ended with Stanford blocking the extra point for Cal. Let's do it. Let's see. Right, so that's. I think they also blocked a, uh, a field goal as well. But I think. Oh my God! They did an incredible drive, and they blocked the they blocked the extra point. Yeah, with, with no a time, left. a minute left. A minute left. left. Yeah. I mean, essentially no time. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. What a brutal way to lose. This game has some – they call it the game for a reason, you know. Two fucking nerds going after it. <laughs> um, it's just like uh, – it's like Bakugan. What is Bakugan? <laughs> or like Beyblades. Like, I don't know what those are. <laughs> they're like those like little spinny like uh, oh. like Japanese yes. things. Like you, you spin them at. This is, That's this is like the two nerds at lunch going after it. Cows own three. They outgained Stanford by 100 yards. Chase Garber's played a decent game. Cal's defense is not where it was last year. I feel bad for Cal. I think I think there's the practice situation. I think the practice situation. Like, did you see? I'm pretty sure both of these teams' counties just banned contact sports. I think so. What's What's happening with that in the, in the NFL? Like the 49ers can't play at home. Yeah, something something along those lines. Um, I so here I thought they would give exceptions if there was testing. I thought this was just a like you because like I understand banning it for high schools because like no one gets his temperature taken every day. Like yeah. like that's not gonna no the temperature isn't gonna tell you yeah. if you have corona or not. Like yeah. it's an indicator, but it's not gonna tell you. So I I figured that makes sense. But like if you test everybody, yeah. the fuck why does it matter? You yeah. made a bubble. The forty yeah the forty ers have you have to move their games. <coughs> I'm sure Stanford and Cal will have to do something also. It's weird, um, which just puts the Cal-Oregon game next week in jeopardy. And for what it's worth, that may be a spot where I'm leaning Cal. Leaning at Cal, they've right. got three games under their belt. They can finally start to get and to what we thought they'd be. playing close games and, like, maybe they can hang in there. It depends what the number is, right? I mean, the number is, yeah. like, 17 and a half. Like, yeah, I'm probably going to like Cal. Um, other than that, like, I don't know. I don't really have much to take away. These are two mediocre Pac-12 teams and good for Stanford for winning it. But, honestly, it could have gone either way. And if anything, Cal – Cal had more first downs, you know, they, they more total yards. Yeah, I, I just two I feel like, I feel I feel bad for Cal because I think this was a year that I think a lot of people were looking for a breakout or just like yeah. having a really big year. And yeah. that's obviously not gonna happen. I think that's influenced a lot by the pandemic. Yep. All right, yeah, I agree with that. Um, staying in the Pac twelve. UCLA Arizona, UCLA is 500 under Chip Kelly for the first time in his tenure. Are they really? Yes. Uh, and they've got a chance next week to get above 500. This well, team is is playing very good football so right now. So both starting quarterbacks didn't play, right? Grant Cannell, or maybe he, he played and got hurt like immediately because Will Plummer took almost all yeah. the snaps Arizona and sucked. Um, DTR, he's been out. Yes. Um, is Are they replacing him? No, no, no. They're not replacing him. This Chase, they, they're, they're not. But what, what? Because we're seeing run. Yeah. What we're seeing is UCLA is starting to perform offensively the way those Oregon. Yes. They just run the freaking football. And I mean the fact that they're doing this with the true freshman backup quarterback, like it, it, it's impressive. Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly's got a got something going. It's taking a little while, but uh. They're, they're start. They're starting to. They're starting to be life. Yeah. In the in the Bruins. Yeah. Um. 
I don't really have anything to take away other than like UCLA is running the ball and they're playing like defense. UCLA is playing good football. UCLA is playing good football. They're playing defense too. You know, I can't wait for the bowl games because it's going to be so interesting. Like, I I don't – the lines are going to be some of the craziest lines I've ever seen. It's so interesting because, like, how are they going to measure it? Because these teams have just been in their own conference. Yes, 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 yes. It's going to be wild. I feel like a lot of the times I think I get a pretty good idea on the different strengths of conferences because Notre Dame is an independent and we get to play all the different conferences. So I get, like, a – I get a feel for how, like, I'll see – USC and Stanford, and I'll get a feel for how they are in the Pac-12 based on how they've been performing. Then I'll get, like, a random Wisconsin or Michigan game, get a feel on the Big Ten. Obviously, we always have the ACC games. We get Navy and the American, and then we have, like, one SEC game every once in a while. Yeah. So, like, it gives me a good, like, feel, and I can kind of, like, balance them out. But, like, this year, it's only ACC, so I have no idea. Yeah. Like, me too. We're – I'm like I'm gonna have to rely on my like prior conceptions, which is the Big Twelve stinks. Yeah. Um, the SEC is really good. I I don't think the Big Ten is that good, but I got burned by that last year, so I don't know if I'm gonna stick with that again. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's gonna be so interesting. Yeah. Colorado twenty, San Diego State ten. Um, Colorado is good. UCLA and Iowa. I would take Iowa in a what would What would you think the line would be? Like Iowa minus 10? Yeah. Like, And I would take Iowa. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. That, 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 like, that's just an interesting game to me. Well, look at Bill Connolly's numbers, and that'll give you a feel for what they probably should be. I, know, I, I agree, yeah, but yeah. Like, that'll give you a feel for what they probably should be. Colorado 20, San Diego State 10. Don't look now, but the Buffaloes are 3-0. And at the expense of Justin Salto's bankroll. Yeah, I had San Diego State plus three and a half, which I actually thought was a really solid bet. Like, I woke up, I saw the line. It's like, I don't really buy the Colorado hype. Um, they were supposed to play UCLA, I mean, USC, which um, they were probably getting up for it. And then they have to play San Diego State. Like, this was all going through my head. Like, yeah, like you're 2 0 and you're supposed to play USC, like, for a chance to get to 3 0 and kind of and thrust ahead of USC in the Pac 12 race. And now all of a sudden, midweek, you're like, oh, shit, now we actually have to play San Diego State, who's, you know, San Diego State. I mean, as good as San Diego State has been for the last decade and a half, like, they don't have the name equity that USC has. So this was all factoring in. And then, to me, like, San Diego State going on the road to Colorado, chance to make a statement. Like, I just felt like it was a really good spot for the Aztecs. And I was wrong. <laughs> Colorado played a very solid game. Their defense was excellent. Yeah, um, Col- like, Colorado, excellent. man, like. This team is good. I guess so. Right? Maybe, although I would make Iowa a 10-point favorite over these fuckers also. (laughs) I I don't know. I would would think I would take Colorado. Actually, I think I'd take UCLA also. Um, Yeah, Colorado had a really, like, weird season last year. They beat Nebraska, but, like, that's not very hard. Mm -hmm. And then they beat Arizona State, and then they – Lost to Arizona, got killed by Oregon, got killed by Washington State, and then they had a close game against USC, got killed by UCLA, and then beat Stanford and Washington before closing out the season and getting dicked on by Utah. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I remember watching the USC game, and I bet on them against Washington. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, when I kind of saw there was, like, Mel Tucker had him going a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Colorado, they're – 
what's the who's the new head coach? Um, Noyer's the quarterback. It's uh, Carl Durrell. Carl Durrell. I don't even who is that guy. Um, like where does he come? I don't know. Carl Durrell. He'd been the assistant for Colorado. Okay, he was at the couple times. Dolphins, the Jets, and he was at all right, he was at the Dolphins before this as the wide receiver. So he's coach. never been a head coach. Never been a head coach. Oh, he's doing a great job. Yeah. He no, wait, he has he has been a head coach. He was UCLA's head coach from 2003 to 2007. Oh, interesting. And okay. he won the Pac-12 coach of the year in 2005. Yay. <laughs> And UCLA fired him because they thought they could do better than five straight bowl games? Yeah. <laughs> okay, UCLA. <laughs> what? It's like Nebraska firing uh, Bo Bellini. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you're winning nine games for us. That's not good enough. Go. Yeah. Now now they're stuck in yeah. purgatory. Worse. Worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado, they had some stuff to build on, and the fact that they are taking advantage of that – Right away in like a season like this is impressive, it and is. I I I don't know if this team is completely there yet, but this is a good win. San Diego State's a pretty solid team. The Fighting Brady Hokes are three and three now, but uh, I think they they've played like their losses are San Jose State, Nevada, and Colorado. Yeah, those, all those teams are good teams. Yeah, I think every team that they lost to has just won as as combined have lost two games. Or San Jose, yeah, San Jose one State. loss. They've they've combined for one loss. And Nevada, so two losses. San no, State. San Jose State's undefeated. They are. Oh yeah, you're right. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So there you go. There yeah. you go. Um, sticking in the Pac-12, the final game of the Pac-12 slate. We were both on this. We were both wrong. <sighs> yeah. So brutal. Washington minus seven um, against Utah. Washington comes back from a 21-point deficit at halftime and wins 24 to 21. Not good enough, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I, I was, I was, I was, I was praying for a Utah field goal at the end. Me too. So that we could send this to overtime and win it in OT. Get yeah. a touchdown on the first drive and then just stop. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I can't like. It, I doesn't make sense to me how Washington got off to such a terrible start. Like. Like, what do we think? I, I, I didn't think, watch the game. I didn't. I, I was just checking it. I was playing poker at the time. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, this Washington team is they're 3-0. They had some, like, seemed like impressive performances. And, and then sleptwalk. Sleep, we're sleepwalking. Like, what is this? The... Against they scored three points in the second half against Oregon State. Their defense really locks down at halftime. Yeah. Except for the Arizona game where they let up twenty seven points in the fourth. Yeah. They yeah. They I guess so they also threw three two, picks. Two and two picks in the first half, which is a factor, and a missed field goal in the first half. Like those are all factors. And then they then they played better in the second half. But honestly, like they didn't dominate Utah. No, no. Uh, I mean like Utah won the first half. Washington won the second. I half, think this. Should, I think this. This is good news for USC. Okay. I think this yeah. makes USC's thirty-three to seventeen win on the road look a little bit better. But the thing is, I also want to caution about that is because we talked about this is there's not there's not a big enough sample size on Utah yet to have an act. Utah's played two games. Yep. That's 
you have to rely on some of the stuff that we talked about with Utah coming into the season, and that's how they lost everybody. Yep. So um, that's that's a factor, but this performance, I think, maybe like USC's defensive performance against Utah was was pretty good last week, mm-hmm. and I think the fact that Utah put up a, a a good fight against a pretty good Washington team is. A, at least has to make USC feel a little bit better about their defense. Yeah, uh, but I, it's tough to have. it's tough to judge. I mean, it was Utah's first game. They're, they yeah. their, their starting quarterback got hurt, so they had to go with the backup. Um, Jake Bentley, who was the backup coming in, even though he was a starter for a long time in South Carolina, but yeah. he was the backup coming in. Um, he had a full week of practice, so maybe that's why he was able to succeed more as Washington. Like, like yeah, like Colin said, like just take it with a grain of salt. Like the sample size is way too small. Um, I would also, I guess, and I think, I think we actually fell victim to that. Yeah, we did. I, I think that's though I had a bad week in the Pac-12. This, yeah. I, I made like both of these games. I went on small sample size. Like I'm, we, we both went on Washington, and I went on Oregon because of yeah. the sample size in Oregon, which is it's too small right now. You got to rely on other things if you're going to make those bets. I, I think you need at least five. I think five games is the key number for when you know. A team um, and their identity. New conference. Yeah, uh, just Anything one else? one more thing. Uh, yes. And so, Big Bentley transferred over from South Carolina. South Carolina. I wonder if this first half performance is a little bit of Washington. Like they know they've seen him in the South Carolina offense, but now they're seeing him in a completely new offense. I wonder if there's not a, not a lot of tape on him, and that kind of hurt them. And then in the second half, they kind of figured out what they were doing. Yeah. It's part of it. I'm also Utah ran the ball well. Washington didn't, which surprised me. Um, so an impressive job, I guess, by the Utah run defense. Um, they made Dylan Morris beat him. Dylan Morris is kind of a noodle noodle arm, the freshman from Pulliam up Washington. Um, I guess he played well enough to win, clearly. Uh, but I think that's the strategy to beat Washington is you got to stop the run game and make the six foot true freshman beat him. All right, moving on. Big twelve. It was an interesting week in the Big 12. Um, started with Texas and Iowa State. Iowa State, a 23-20 winner. Texas misses a field goal at the very end. I'm sure that was an important field goal for you, Colin. Yes. You want to have to deal with over. I, I was. Uh, this game was such a weird game to be on the under for because first it starts off like 13-7 like that. And I'm like, why the fuck did I bet an under in Big 12? Like, this is still the Big 12. This is still Texas. This is still Iowa State. And then the defense sort of locked down, and I was sitting pretty at a um, – what was it? It was like 20-16, to 16, mm-hmm. and I'm not even close to hitting the 56-and-a-half under I have. And then – Iowa State scores and Texas is driving down. And I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna kick a field goal. It's gonna go be 23-23, and they're gonna go 30-30, and my over is gonna fucking the over is gonna smash. Uh, but that didn't happen. I watched most of this game. I really, I wanted to bet on Texas, but I didn't trust Texas enough, which I'm glad yeah. I didn't because this was kind of a game for Texas. Like Sam Ellinger, their last home game. He played. He played well. He played pretty well. The refs were uh, the, not the refs. The the uh, commentators were sucking them off the entire game. Were they really? Yeah. Um, they they did they did well to slow down Brees Hall. He only had ninety one yards, which I think is 
his lowest the on season. the season. Uh, yeah, they made Brock Purdy win the game. Yeah, they made and he did like the Texas defense is is, is pretty solid. Yeah, credit to Chris Ash. Yeah. He's, he's he's figured it out a little bit. I mean, but, here, but here's the thing about Chris Ash. When he has talent, like he did at Ohio State, he is a competent defensive coordinator. And clearly he's got some talented guys yeah. in Texas. Of course. I mean, they recruit at a high, at a high enough level. He should. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this just – this is really big for Iowa State because I don't think they've won the Big 12 in like 70 years. And now they are shooing for the Big 12 conference title. But I think we both know what, uh, what side we're going to be on in that rematch. It depends on the number. Yeah, sure it does. It does. It depends on the number. Yeah. It, it, six and a half, yes, I'm on Oklahoma, right? Minus six and a half. But if they lay like a 10, I'm going to bet Iowa State plus 10. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to bet plus 10. But uh, <laughs> you think Oklahoma's going to destroy them? Yes. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, they, this is this is a, a good win for Iowa State. It's, on great, the road. it's a great win for Iowa State. This, this, is, this is impressive. And the thing – I just kind of circle back to at the end is this is the Big 12 and Iowa State's a good team in the Big 12, but I don't know how good they are comparatively to other conferences. Like they still got blown out by Louisiana in the beginning of the year, and I think people forget about that. Yeah, you mean like last year when they matched up with Notre Dame and, and yeah, and it was three and, 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 and a half, half, half points. Yeah. yeah, it was easy easy money for Notre Dame. Yeah, like this team is good, but I think a lot of the good teams in the Big 12 is a factor of the Big 12 being a pretty bad conference. Yeah, I think there are some – I think between Iowa State and Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, like there's – West Virginia. There's competent teams, yeah. yeah I Like, like there are when they get matched up against like another like 7-5 team, like yeah. that's a winnable game. But it's just like the like, top end of the conference is very different than the top end of the other conferences. That's true. But the, like, the, yeah, there's – I mean, like I would take – if you gave me Texas – Against Colorado. In okay, a, I, take I would Texas. take Texas. Yeah, well, like, like Texas blew out Utah last I would year. Take, yeah, like, I, I think – I don't think the Big 12 is that – I think The thing is Texas has talent versus, like, yeah. Colorado. Iowa State doesn't have talent. Yes. Per se. Like, they have – they've got they've got some good players. And they're well coached. And they're well coached, but they're, like, good. They have good players and well coached. But you, you don't say that about teams with – Staffed with talent. Yeah, like Texas. Yeah. We say they're talented and not well coached. Yes. Uh Tom Herman. You think he's in trouble? I would imagine five and three. The Texas isn't a place where they like mediocrity for very long when they're paying money like that. He has Kansas State and Kansas left, so they're probably gonna finish seven and three. Yeah. And he's gonna go to a bowl game. He's gonna win the bowl game. Eight and three, and, and they're gonna, gonna get all the hype and, and not- Sam Ellinger's gonna come back for a sixth year. No way. You think he would? I have no idea. No he way. loves Texas. He does love Texas, but there's no way. <laughs> Come back one, one more, one more, one more year, one more run at it. All right, staying in the Pac-12, uh, Big 12, Big 12. Sorry, staying in the Big 12. Um, Oklahoma State 50, Texas Tech 44. Honestly, I'm not surprised at all. Really? Like, I'm not surprised at all. Like, I think Texas Tech figured some shit out against Baylor, and like, I think it was an easy game for Oklahoma State to just flattened for and they did like they weren't it was not the same Oklahoma State defense we've seen and Texas Tech was able to hang in there and I mean, back to recover and it was like the over yeah well I guess I think thinking back like it doesn't surprise me like Texas Tech figured some stuff out on offense against Baylor they really what was did. the over under on this it was like 50-ish 60-ish <laughs> yeah it smashed but that's 
beside the point. I think the score is a little little surprising to me. I don't, I don't so, like. I didn't expect this I, to be a fifty to forty four game. That's fair. Maybe maybe two years ago, I, I, could. I didn't expect the total to be that. I didn't expect Texas Tech to have six hundred forty yards of offense. But yeah. the fact that it was a touchdown difference does not surprise okay. me. Okay, I can agree with that. So. I think Texas Tech figured some stuff out with Alan Bowman as their quarterback against Baylor. I think Oklahoma State is a little deject was a little dejected coming in, and after losing to Oklahoma in what was a huge game for them, it was easy for them. It's easy to see how they could have come out flat, which they did. Yeah. They came out flat, and Texas Tech stayed with them. Credit Oklahoma State for doing enough to pull out a win. But honestly, I, like I'm not surprised. Like this was Texas Tech having a shitty defense, but a good offense, and Oklahoma State just not coming to play 100. percent and the better team won out in the end, but Texas Tech was able to linger. That's it. I mean, I didn't really watch much of the game, but yeah, I just think that the score line is is a little a little surprising. This is, this looks like the old Big Twelve, not the Big Twelve of uh, of twenty twenty. Yeah, which surprised me. I wonder if this is going to have any effect going down into the season. Like Texas Tech's offense has like putting up forty four points against the best defense in the Big Twelve. Who they have next? Kansas. Give me Texas Tech minus whatever. Oh, Jesus. What do you think the line will be on that, actually? I mean, it was only you 24 get against TCU. You think it will be like minus 20 and a half? Like, there's a chance. Yeah, fade Kansas. Fade Kansas. Fade them. Texas Tech has figured some stuff out with Alan Bowman at quarterback. That's all. And Oklahoma State, man, they're, their passing game is atrocious. But they can they can run it. Even without Chuba Hubbard, they ran the ball really well. Yeah. So that was uh, a good win for Oklahoma State. I mean, it was it's a good win to to come out yeah. flat and still win is a good win. Um, bad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything on that. Really. <laughs> what else? What else we got in the Big Twelve? <laughs> Baylor thirty-two, Kansas State thirty-one. We both had Baylor minus five and a half. Um, and Baylor won the game. The line's interesting. You know, I, did you watch any of this game, Kyle? Um. Because I didn't. I like, was following it because, like, Baylor got down early, and on it, they scored the first touchdown, and I knew our bet was in trouble because when they went up 6-0, they went for two and didn't get it. And I was like, what the fuck is Dave Renata doing going for two? Aranda. Aranda, whatever. Doing going for two against a bad Kansas State team. And, like, come on, man. Like, that, that was – that was that was a bad coaching decision. You you when you go up six zero in a game where you're favored as you kick the extra point and you go up seven zero and you play some defense and like what the fuck that was just that's a that's what a first year coach does that's been a defensive coordinator for his entire life is makes a stupid decision like that because what the fuck um, Baylor outgained him, you know like, yeah like they 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 came back. Furiously in this second half to win Charlie this game. Charlie Brewer played an incredible football game. He did. Yeah, one of the probably one of the better games of his career. And I think what was, what is he a junior or a senior? He's a senior. So I think this was was, was this his last home game? It may have been. Yeah. Um. The, this was just like crazy because it was it was really frustrating to be rooting for Baylor in this game because they would score. And you would Kansas State would get the ball on offense, and they'd have like Will Howard, the equivalent of fucking like Kyle Cradaville out of Lake Road, throwing nine for eighteen for one hundred eighty-eight yards, a TD, and two not picks. even one hundred eighty-eight, just 88. eighty-eight, yeah, yeah, and two picks. 
Like this guy was couldn't do anything. So you knew they had to hand it off every time, and yet Deuce Vaughn was breaking off 44-yard touchdown runs left and right. And I was like, what the fuck? Just stack the box. You're an amazing defensive coordinator. I think this is kind of where you saw some of the – like Baylor's defense has been playing pretty well this year, but I think you saw some of the um, some of the losses that they really sustained last year, like why that. this team is 2-5. and five. Yeah. And not better is because they lost a ton on defense and they lost a ton everywhere and they have new coaching staff. But I think Baylor should have won the game by a concern. I, I think we were on the right side. I think Baylor should have won the game going away, actually. Yeah, well they should have, but their coaching yeah. their their coaching was, was not up to par. And I think that makes me hesitant on a on Dave Aranda later in uh Later in his time. TCU 59, Kansas 23. Um, TCU destroys Kansas, fade Kansas. What else is new? On to the next conference. Honestly, why have we been on the opposite of Kansas every week? Is Kansas covered yet? No, I think they're owing whatever against the spread. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we should be against them every week. American Athletic Conference. We're going to be against them this week and lose. <laughs> yeah, watch. Seriously, this is going to be the one time they hang in there. Um, USF was able to hang with UCF for a little while. Um, a long while. Only losing by 12 and putting up 48 points or 46 points is a sign of progress for a 1-8 and South Florida team that has been in complete disarray. Against their rivals. Yes, and just in general under um, under Charlie Strong. I think they – I think there is enough in this season that I can say there has been tangible progress for USF. As a one and eight team, I, I still think I think how bad they were coming into the year. I think there is progress. This game, the Memphis game, the Temple game, the Houston game. All right, one game. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. We're gonna get to ECU SMU in a minute. We are. Um, yeah, the, the, this, that's fair. This team has shown progress. Their offense is is, start, is starting to look like the old USF off USF offense. And they have who's their head coach? Um, the uh, the old Clemson guy, Jeff uh, Scott, yeah, yeah, former Clemson offensive coordinator. So I mean, we you know he's got he can do the X's and O's. Yeah, on. yeah. I, I actually think you make a good point there, Colin. Um, East Carolina fifty two, SMU thirty eight. Uh, good call, Colin. Yeah. It was a lot fight. Uh, Kyle had East Carolina plus eleven, 12, whatever it was thirteen. There you go. Um, I had SMU minus. I thought this was going to be a spot for SMU to just come out and destroy East Carolina. But East Carolina, do you want to talk about tangible progress? Like, they've been playing much better. This yeah. Season's gone they, on. This, this, they deserve this one. Yeah, this one, they were up like 45 to 7 yeah, at halftime. Yeah. This, the score actually makes it look closer than it actually was. Um, yeah, this was kind of a, another game where I had seen, like, I think the Tulsa game put me on that ECU was making some progress this year. And they also were close. Like, they were up on U, UCF early. They they've had some games. They really should have won the Tulsa game, and Tulsa we know is not great, but they're like a good team. Yeah. And here they had them at home. I really like the more I look at it, the more I like picking the opposite of the lines that seem to be begging you to Take bet one right. Like yeah. this is minus thirteen with like this this looked like a trap line to me, and that was kind of I, I thought Santuk was going to agree with me, and that's why we went into lock fight is because. ECU has been showing some progress, and a line at minus thirteen just seems to, for a what was a two and five team against 
or no, a two and six team going against a seven and two team for the line to be only thirteen. It, it seems to be begging you to bet SMU, and they obviously were because ECU just destroyed them, blew them. And they've been playing better. Good yeah. for ECU. Um, I have nothing else on the American. Well, um, is there any other games? Yeah, Memphis Navy ten seven. Yeah. Memphis wins. I mean, like Navy yeah. played good defense. They've gotten better. I wonder. I wonder. Is there a little worry for Silverfield and no. Memphis right Six now? And two. Yeah, I guess. Um, and this is his first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cincinnati Cincinnati got canceled. canceled. They they saw that number seven and said, uh, <laughs> "We're good. We're done. We're good." Um, and then Tulsa Houston was supposed to be the game of the week for us, and we were, I think we we're all going to be we we're going to be all yeah, working. really, really big for Cincinnati that the Tulsa game got postponed because yeah, they they very easily could have lost that game, and yeah. that would have been brutal for Cincinnati's chances. I think I think the Temple game. No, 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 no. Tulsa, Houston. Houston. Tulsa? Like if Tulsa lost to Houston, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, takes yeah. away a big win yeah. opportunity for Cincinnati, which they really need if yeah. they're gonna boost from that that last spot. And honestly, the Big Ten's chances are looking shakier with very, another very Ohio shaky. State yeah. cancellation. We'll, we'll get to that when we touch yeah. on the Big Ten. Um, SEC first, though. It's interesting that you mentioned that, though, Kyle, because it's like. You almost think that Cincinnati and BYU and the Pac-12 champ and the Big Ten champ may have to like play, yeah, engage in their own little, little yeah, they, thing. they they may because they fucked it, they fucked they, they 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 were they were the stupid and, and then they decided they were going to try to get back into it because everybody else was playing and honestly they and now they're chasing like, now they're playing catch up yeah they, they they look they look like fools. Alabama. I mean, I think we all knew Larry Scott was a fool, but I guess now we also know who's the big Ken, uh, Kevin's Kevin Warren. Yeah, he has he's caught him. He's caught a lot of flack, Kevin Warren. And yeah, I, I can I can see why it's a lot. And I feel kind of I feel a little badly because he takes over for Jim Delaney, who's who's a freaking legend in the Big Ten. Yeah, he took Rutgers into the Big well, Ten. No, that's part of it. But like, he was the first to get a national network with the Big Ten network, and like he's he's kind of a legend in the Big Ten. Like they they adore him. Um. And then Kevin Warren steps in, and then COVID hits, and like, yeah, like all the shit, and it's just like it's a tough situation. I think I think the ACC is not as appreciative for Swafford and um, Swafford. Yeah, that's the Notre Dame AD, and uh, who's the uh, who's the what's the name of the ACC, ACC commissioner? commissioner? Um, John Swafford's the ACC. Oh, owner. okay, no Swafford and Swarbuck. Yeah. Two two S's, yes. Swafford, they're not as yeah. That, so that's, they're not as appreciative for Swafford and what he did saving yeah, the season Swarbrick. and combining with Swarbrook as they should be because, like, the ACC, I think, of all the power conferences, has had like they were the they were the swing vote and that's the reason why football is being played and they. They made a great decision. They, they're having one of their best years. Yep. They they have they, there's a chance they could get two teams, two teams in the playoff. Yep. They got a they took Notre Dame in for a year, and I know a lot of ACC fans are mad about that because oh like we we're getting the raw end of the deal, but they're really not. They're getting like they're getting quality conference games where it would have just been Clemson yep. bulldozing everybody. They're gonna have a great ACC championship game, yep. which is gonna be one of the most viewed games of the year, if not the. Yeah, and like that, the fact that they're playing football right now is the reason why everybody else is playing football, and it's the reason why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 look like fools right now. I can't disagree. 
Um, Alabama 42, Auburn 13. Uh, Alabama continues to roll, man. I my Alabama seven to one future. Yeah, yeah, looks, looks better. Looks, looks better. Really good. Day. This all right. So I've been I've I've, I've been anti Alabama's defense for a very long time, and I've been saying they suck. And I've went on record. I took the over in this game, and I talked about who they played. They played Tennessee. They played Stetson Bennett, Guarantano, freshman Will Rogers, and Terry Wilson in back-to-back games, and that is why their defense looked so good. I will say right now, the Alabama defense has improved, and I think this performance was impressive to me. I don't care that Bo Nix is an average quarterback because he is an average quarterback. There's still enough talent on this Auburn team that to hold them to 13 points is an impressive performance by the defense, and uh, I will give them that. I'm going to reserve all judgment. I, I think Alabama is a good defense. I don't think they have a, a world-beating defense. I don't think they have a bad defense either. I'm going to reserve judgment on their defense until we see them against Florida. Florida, because that's going to be yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a different challenge. But I think this game gives me confidence that they can limit Florida. Um, on offense, Alabama continues to prove that nobody can fucking stop them. No. Matt Jones is – Matt Jones makes me feel like I felt uh, when I was at Lake Valley Road and I just had weapons at my disposal. Yeah, because – Like Colin. And, like, just running past he, everybody. He, he's not like – he's a good college quarterback. He's got a good arm. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not, he's not, he's not doing anything incredibly special. He just has incredibly he, – he he throws the ball up and they catch it and score a touchdown. He, he, make, he makes good throws and he makes good reads, but like he just has. So, but it's easy to do that. It's so easy when your weapons are so much better than what they're going up against. Like eighteen for twenty six and like <laughs> three hundred yards and five TDs. They were talking about the, the CBS broadcast was talking about Steve Sarkeesian being the architect, the architect like of this yeah, offense. Yeah. And I want to see Steve Sarkeesian with like not the most talented players in the country at his disposal. Like they have arguably the best running back in the country. And when healthy, probably the two best receivers in the country. And it's not like Messi is a big drop off from Waddle. Like, are you really missing Waddle that much when Devontae Smith has seven receptions for 171 yards and two TDs? No, you're not. I think the only thing you're missing is like instead of having Smith, Mechie, and Waddle, you just have Smith and Mechie. Oh, Oh. poor, poor Alabama. You know? Yeah. So it's it's really like I I I think I, I think. For me, coming into this year, I felt like this was Alabama's year just because they, they – It's been a while. It's been a little while, and I think Nick Saban's getting pissed because what Dabo is is what Nick Saban was and what he – like what Clemson suddenly is is what Alabama was, right? The consensus number one, always number one. Like there's no doubt that they're going to the title and they're probably going to win it. And I think Nick Saban was like, fuck that. Like this is our year. And I think there was a little bit of sleep on Alabama, which was not warranted because if you look at Clemson and Ohio State, which were the only other teams like at the, at the beginning of the season considered in that realm, Right, and Notre Dame has moved into that realm this season. Coming into the season, you looked at Alabama, you looked at Clemson, you looked at Ohio State. Alabama returned the most talent of that group, which is wild. And like everybody talked about, oh, they lost Judy and they lost Rugs. Like Devontae Smith led the team in receiving last year, not Judy or Rugs. Like that's what's crazy. Who was the? Is, is Dylan Moses? He's still there. Is, is he still there? Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, he's okay. starting yeah. in the middle line. Because I remember there was all that hype about him last year, right? And then he got hurt. Then he got hurt. And so he got hurt, which made which forced other guys to play. Yeah. And now because I watched they also have a, they also have the one of the best corners in the country in Georgia. Yes. So I watched this game. This yeah. was like the first Alabama game I've watched 
for a decent portion, it'll probably since the Georgia game. Okay. And I know what, like, I've seen their defense and I saw them against Ole Miss. And I think the Ole Miss scoreline where they put 48 points up, and we know Ole Miss has a really good offense, but still, you don't let up 48 points to if you're out of there. were extenuating circumstances yes. in that game, though. But I, I watched this defense. And I, I think you're right because this defense has dudes. Like, they they have dudes all over the yeah. field. Their D-line gets after. Their corners are really good. Their linebackers are really good. Like, I just watched this, and it was just like this was an, this was an Alabama defense I'm used to seeing. Yeah. And against Ole Miss, I didn't feel like that. And last year, I didn't feel like that. I haven't felt like I've seen an Alabama defense in a while. And this year, like, watching this game made me feel like I was watching an Alabama defense. Yeah. Do you, are the SEC championship and the ACC championship on the same day? Yeah, you know, they are. I yeah, I I don't know if they, they might be the same time, which is actually brutal because those are two insane games. Let me look. The SEC championship is December. Not even scheduled. What the hell? Oh, December nineteenth, Saturday, December nineteenth. What time? No time yet. Me look it up again. They're both at December 19th. Yeah. That'll be an incredible day of college football. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to have, uh, yeah, yes, you can't wait, but yeah, for different reasons. <laughs> um, no, but like also just those games are going to be insane. incredible. Like in the ACC, I mean, the Big 12 should have a pretty good game. Yeah. The SEC is going to have an incredible game. Yeah. The Big Ten, I feel like, is – I'm not worried about that. I don't know. The Big Ten we'll, – we'll get to the Big yeah. Ten. The Big Ten is, has, has some problems. Texas A&M 20, LSU 7. Um, Texas A&M, really good job defensively. They ran the ball well. Like, Texas A&M continues to kind of linger in the mix. And I'm impressed. You were impressed by this performance? Their defense, absolutely. Okay. Because this was disgusting. Well, they, this is, you, we know how they, how they are running the football. 11 for 34 from Kellen Mond, putting up 20 points against – a garbage LSU team. I'm impressed by their defense. Okay. This did you watch any of this game? No. Okay. That that's that that is the reason. I watched a lot of this game. This was a disgusting performance. This team is not the fifth best team in the fucking country. That was actually disgusting. And L, the tech I think another part of this is that I watched a lot of Texas AM fans coming into the Notre Dame UNC game talking smack, like, oh you, Notre Dame struggling UNC. They just struggled with a three and four LSU team that is garbage. This team was disgusting. TJ Finley is awful. And, like, the fact that they only scored 20 points, this was punt, 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 punt. Oh, my God, man. This was horrible to watch. I, I cannot stress how bad. Like, Sabiri had his parlay on the on the last leg on Texas A&M here, and he, like, talked about hedging, like, 14 different times because Texas A&M looked that bad. But LSU was just worse. Like, this was disgusting. This entire game made me want to throw up. Texas A&M Watching this game. This is not the fifth best team in the nation, and uh, it, let me—that—that that is all I will say because That's absolutely disgusting performance by Kellen Mond. The defense is good, but holy shit, I cannot stress enough how bad this game was. Florida thirty-four, Kentucky ten. We don't have to talk about Texas A&M anymore. You made your point. Florida thirty-four, Kentucky ten. I can't 10. believe you started off with impressive performance. 
Impressive performance by the defense. I mean, yeah, I should yeah. I, I should have been more because that that like I, I right. feel like just even looking at the score line, you would know that that was not impressive. I, I mean, I, yes, I was talking second about time this year. Texas A&M has a very questionable performance against a bad team. Yeah, but they're also six and one. Yes, yeah, but they're winning. They're winning, so they're, it doesn't matter that much. I don't really see a path for them, but uh, they're going to be an interesting team when it comes to New Year's Six Bowl. Yes. Um, my, I think I got twenty five. Yeah, tough. for the uh, no. Oh, did, oh yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. It's tough because you you bet twenty four. I bet twenty four, so <laughs> I voided. But I got twenty five for the podcast. Yeah, good, so that's a hit. Um, yeah, honestly, you jinxed me. You texted. No, no, no. I didn't. I, I really didn't mean to. I know you like, didn't. I, but, I, I know, but, I, but as this game fell apart, I couldn't help but think on the golf course. I was like, Santos, a fucking idiot. I can't believe he said and continue. I was actually. So here's. I'm trying to defend you because Colin, these idiots in our group chat, we're coming after Colin for the Michigan pick, and we'll get to that without like acknowledging the fact that the other three ECU games was up 45 seconds. Syracuse was winning and, yeah, and Kentucky was engaged in a dogfight with Florida. The other three games that were going on in that slate were like, Yeah, I was having a good yeah. start to the day. Uh, this is what I get for following Colin. Like, shut up. And, and you know, when Melly texts, he texts the group chat who to bet today on Houston or Texas Tech, I'm not responding to that fucking shit. Figure it out on your own. I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say do your own research because I don't. I don't want because I don't want that kind of yeah. Because they they they, 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 they they don't give you credit. Yeah, for that. If I give if I give them Texas Tech, which is what I would give them, I'm I'm gonna be on Texas Tech. I am on Texas Tech. But if if I give them Texas Tech and Texas Tech hits, yeah, there's no thank you. There's no thank you. There's no oh great call. There's only if Houston wins. It's why would I throw tail him? Like, fuck you. Sorry. Yeah, they, it, 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 it's crazy how none of them do their own their, their own shit. I feel like me and you are the only people that put any uh, any time and effort. Yeah. And then Park, now that Park's in there, he just says some like stupid shit every like every once in a while. It's pretty funny. Uh, yes. What do so, you get from this game? Another Heisman caliber performance by like Kyle Trask or not? not so much. Kyle Trask is a good college quarterback. Honestly, watching Kyle Trask and Mac Jones play. Is very similar to me because they just like kind of like they make the right reads mm-hmm. and they throw it up to incredibly talented players mm-hmm. and the players make plays for them. Like Kyle Pitts has three touchdowns today. Yeah. Like it, 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 you go 21 for 27. And when I watch it, it's not like he's fitting it in yeah. through a seam. He's not like making incredible plays. There's nothing like I see. I, from Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, I don't see anything like the throw I showed you from yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. There's nothing that makes me go, wow. It's just like, okay, good play. Yeah. Good play. Good play. And good play, when you have a good team around you, like both of these teams do, it will win you a lot of games and it can win you a national championship. Yeah. But it's like what A.J. McCarron did. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah, it is what A.J. McCarron did. This team was – my read going in was – can, Florida's defense is awful, yeah. and Terry Wilson's worse. Terry Wilson is really bad. Twenty eighteen for sixty two yards. Like what the yeah, hell? Was, yeah, yeah, and two. What picks. do they do? <laughs> do they even throw the ball they down the no, field? No, no, they don't. It's they just don't. double screens. They, it's like, bubble screens and runs. But uh, they, 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 they. I can't believe they were better with a wide receiver <laughs> as the quarterback because then they actually had like real like running. Yeah, because yeah. Lynn Bowden was a freak. Yeah, exactly. um, I can, I can't believe that. I thought she was gonna. So they had a real quarterback yeah. now. This is embarrassing. Like, I might as well be out there. Yeah, it's really <laughs> I can make better throws than this bum. Yeah, Terry Wilson. <laughs> I'd probably get lit up, but. <laughs> Russ season for, for big Terry. 
There was some hype on him coming in. Dude. Yeah, I, I was I was a part of that trade. Um, yeah, so this game was 10-7 with about a minute left yeah. until ha- halftime, and I was feeling great. Yeah, I was like, why didn't I sprinkle a little Kentucky money line yeah. into the action? And at halftime, I believe Dan Mullen took away Grantham's, the defensive coordinator's, call on plays. There's a video of Grantham just getting absolutely chewed out by Dan Mullen, and the Florida fans talked about it. I think he is now a defensive coordinator in name only. Even the Dan Mullen's an offensive guy? It doesn't matter. Look how much better the yeah. defense performed in the second half also. Yeah. that was The reason was I watched Kentucky play Alabama, and I watched them have a solid game plan and drive down the field, and Alabama's defense is obviously better than Florida's. Yeah. And I thought they can do that to Florida. They'll have a good enough game plan to keep this within 24. And they did it within 25, but it was it was really close because once Florida's started, like, here's the thing about, like, a Florida and a Alabama is they have a lot of games. So now their defense is really bad, and it hasn't done anything all year. But they've had enough games now where at the beginning of the season we talked, it was completely fresh, nobody's there, and they got embarrassed. They've been playing for long enough yeah. that there can be some strides seen on the defensive side. And I think That's a good point. since the Texas A&M game, 17 points against Missouri, yep. 28 against Georgia, yep. 35 against Arkansas, but that game was well in hand. Yep. 17 Vanderbilt, 10 Kentucky. Yep. There are some tangible strides that the Florida defense is making. And I think now that Grantham is done, third and Grantham, that's what they, yeah. that's what they call it, third and Grantham, because every third and 15 is an easy conversion for the opposite team when they're going against Todd Grantham. Um, it's a good win for Florida. I can't wait for Florida, Alabama. I think, I think they are two of the top five teams in the country without question. Yeah, that's going to be an incredible game. Um Georgia 45, South Carolina 16. The yeah, Georgia, great, great week. I just noticed this. Great week for me in the in the SEC. Three and out. Good job. Um, the JT Daniels was not incredible, but this Georgia offense is a, is a well, different level right now because they, they, they're they a completely different level. Yeah, and he ran the ball like crazy. Well, the thing is, South Carolina has – South Carolina's defense has fallen apart. Yeah. South Carolina is actually really bad. And – Here's the thing is, Georgia did today what it wanted to do against Mississippi State, Yeah. but Kirby Smart was forced to show that he's been holding back an incredible quarterback because yeah. they were in a dogfight. They weren't in a dogfight today. And still, like, whenever he, he had time to make passes, yeah. like he, JT Daniels, he had, like, a 45-yard, like, incredible throw. Yeah. I saw something, and it was like, JT Daniels gives hope for all the ugly guys in the world. What is he, not a good looking guy? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> I'm good him and doing him. It's kind of like the ugliest pedo stash I've ever seen. Oh, JT. <laughs> He's not that ugly. <laughs> this just isn't a very good picture of him. <laughs> Are there any good <laughs> Yeah, no, look that's at that. A, that's a bad picture. Yeah, there's <laughs> some okay pictures. <laughs> he doesn't look. Like... He's really hurting the, the Colin Cowherd. Um, it's not a great look. He's really hurting the Colin Coward quarterback uh, theory. Where you have to be a good-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Georgia ran the ball really well. I guess the Luke Doty guy played pretty well for South Yeah, he did. Nice he did. Some. After last – I mean, 18 for 22, a TD yeah. and a pick. I think you you kind of 
hit on this uh, real well when you picked this is the Georgia's defense energized a little bit after they saw the performance from JT Daniels last week. They go, we have a dude, like we're not just coasting out the season, like we're getting better for next year. Yep. And and JT Daniels should be back next year. Yeah. And this team is this team is going to be next year with JT Daniels at quarterback is what people have been dreading from Georgia yep. for a long time. That is going to be the Georgia team that people have been worried of. oh Georgia just gets a quarterback. They have a quarterback yep. now and they're showing it right now. I it still shows that Kirby Smart doesn't want to let JT Daniels loose like 10 for 16, yep. 139 yards. He doesn't want it. He wants to hand it off and he wants to like say JT Daniels is still hurt. He's just playing through it at the end. Yeah. But when you run for 330 yards, yeah, you don't, don't you don't need to. Yeah. But yeah, this team is good. And South Carolina is not very good. I can't wait to take Georgia to New York Six New Year's Six Bowl. Against whoever. Whoever. Yeah. Georgia, Oklahoma would be a fun matchup. That would be a blast. Yeah, it would be. Um Missouri 41, Vanderbilt zero. Vanderbilt is terrible. Missouri's pretty freaking good. They, they dominated this game. Like dominated this yeah. game. Credit to Sarah Fuller, making history. Yes, yes. Good job. Good for her. Good for her. Good for women everywhere. Yep. Um Connor Basilac, 30 awesome. for 37. This guy came in after their starting quarterback got hurt. I am drinking the drinkwits. Yes. Yes. This Missouri team, is going to be the real deal. Missouri is playing really well and they've got a full year under Drinkwitz. This is this is good. This team yeah. is good and yeah. I, I I think when he got hired, it's not somebody that really makes you turn your head. They go, okay, like a good G five guy. I think Missouri has the te- attention of other SEC teams as like now this is a team that like you don't want to go to Columbia, Missouri for a sleepy eleven o'clock kickoff anymore because that is yep. that is a scary game now. Yeah, um, I don't have anything else to add on it. It was just a freaking blowout. And, uh, Vanderbilt really couldn't even get in the field goal. Field goal. Yeah, come on, terrible man. stuff. And honestly, credit them. Missouri's defense was awesome. Their offense was awesome. They got whatever they wanted. Um, that brings us to the Egg Bowl. Winning bet, competitive play. We yeah. had it. We had it from this time last week. We were all about Mississippi State. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, Mississippi State. And we got 10. the 10, too. That was, yes. that was wonderful. Waited, waited to the very end to get the 10. Um, yeah. Ole Miss 31, Mississippi State 24. Will Rogers throws the ball 61 times, 440 yards, and three touchdowns, which is literally exactly what Mike Leach wants. Like, he wants his quarterback to throw the ball <laughs> like that. He played well. The Mississippi State defense held up against the run as we kind of thought they could. And they were able to handle it. They were able to fight. And I actually, I, I, I got in on a little money line sprinkle. Oh, I did too. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, but that's okay. I, it was, it was, it was five sixty, and they were down ten, and we're just getting the ball back. And I was like, all right, like I believe. And yeah. yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is a good team. Ole Miss's offense is really good. And I, the thing is, you don't want to take Mississippi State overs because. They they controlled it's it's funny because you wouldn't expect it but for a passing team they really like to control the clock yeah yeah um yeah I, I for me I, like that's what it is it's like it's all about Will Rogers completing short passes like they're not they're not taking deep shots down the field it's it's moving the ball effectively through the air Colin just walked off to blow his nose or something that was really yeah, weird he's blow my nose he's back um but. <laughs> They have a pretty good defense. They like Will Rogers runs the offense the way that 
that Leach wants to run. It's not it's not a lot of deep shots down the field. It's no, take and dunk yeah. and, and move the ball through the air eight yards, seven yards, five yards, I mean, four yards. Get everybody involved. Mike Leach has a quarterback, yes. and I, they kept the defensive coordinator, right, from Joe Moorhead? I don't remember. I, I, I'm pretty sure they did, and he's been a great defensive coordinator. Mississippi State will be a, a scary I – think, I think this is – we talked about this last week. The Mississippi State team has started to find their identity. They've got a true freshman at quarterback. This team, this team is going to do something in a little bit. You yep. know, like they're not, they're not a they're not a team that's going to just get bowled over. Yeah, and I think that is a scary prospect for a conference that is already full of talented coaches. Is like this is the reason why it's so hard to win in the SEC. Is is look look at the look at this list of coaches. You have Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. Eli Drinkwitz. Mm-hmm. Um, who fucks Kentucky's coach? Stoops. Mark Stoops, good coach. Then you have the bottom three. Fucking Pruitt, no idea, and soon to be Clark Lee. Mm-hmm. Clark Lee's uh, that would, that's not a, that's not somebody you want to go coach in the mm-hmm. SEC. If you're, then you have fucking Saban, mm-hmm. Jimbo, mm-hmm. Um, Malzone. Oh, or drone. Oh, Kiffin. Yeah. Sam Pittman. Yeah. And yeah. Mike Leach. Like that is scary. Yeah. Going right. against those court coaches is the that's SEC, just a, that's why the SEC is the this best. This is why the SEC is the best conference. Look at those coaches. And they recruit well. Yes. And they're they're in the most talented region of the country. You could argue Florida, Georgia. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? It is. The, this is definitely the most talented region. So, that, like, that list of coaches is as strong as I can ever remember the SEC. Like. I, I can't remember a time when I thought the SEC had as good coaches as they do right now. Um, Big Ten? Big Ten. Let's do it. Um, Iowa 26, Nebraska 20. You had the Hawkeyes minus 13. Yeah, I, what I, I fell into the uh, the trap. Not a, There hasn't been a lot of games in the, in the Big Ten, and I fell into the minus 13. That really is a trap number. Yeah. Like, I think those teams went like – like zero and six against the spread this week. Hmm. Um, um, Indiana covering against Maryland. That's the only. That was eleven though. Was it? I, I saw a twelve and a half in that like range. I, I think so. I think eleven to twelve. You want to bet the favorite and thirteen. To, that's arbitrary. Yes, but this is just like from my thinking is like eleven and twelve. They're begging you like eleven. They're begging you to bet the underdog. Yeah. Because they're giving you over that point, yeah. but like thirteen, they're begging you to bet the favorite, so you want to go on the dog. Okay, I'm gonna try that out this That's week. That's fine. You go, go for it. Uh, what happened in this game? Yeah, I, I mean, watch. I saw a little bit. Adrian Martinez had a really good game, eighteen for twenty. They're like really good. Eighteen for twenty yeah. is pretty good for a Nebraska quarterback and yeah. Adrian Martinez. Uh, like That's fair. They outgained Iowa. This. This was, um, this, this was a Big this, Ten game. This man. was a Big Ten game, 20 to 26. Ugly. Ugh. Run, both teams want to run the ball. Try to win the game on the defensive end, and Iowa came out on top. I, like, I have a hard time laying two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that it's was, hard to do that. that, that was, uh, Unless it's Ohio State, it's hard to lay two touchdowns to anybody. In the yeah, game. I was really just thinking, like, Nebraska's not that good. But they got, like, a decent got defense. They and they've talent. got – I, I, I was worried when I saw Adrian Martinez was going to be starting yeah, because I was more relying on Luke McCaffrey not being able to do anything. Scott Frost is 
one and four in year three. Yeah. Not good. Not good. He's probably going to get another year just because of COVID and, and he's, he's the loyal son yeah. and all that shit. But his seat is going to be incredibly hot next year. Yeah, it is. Um, Michigan State 29, Northwestern 20. I added this uh, this this under to the card. As soon as as soon as uh, Northwestern tied the game at twenty or Michigan State tied the game at twenty, you knew you were dead, right? It wasn't possible. Yeah, it wasn't possible. I remember I had, I had, I had that conversation with Marsden at one time. He had like an <laughs> over. This guy's. This is how you know this guy's a freaking idiot. The Mets and Cubs were playing. He had the over eight and a half, and the Mets tied the game at four or at eight. Or four, no, they tied the game at four, four four, and he had the over eight and a half. And I texted him. I was like, "Good shit on the over." He was like, "It's just an eight. I was like, "You have oh, you have the over eight and a half. The game is tied four four. <laughs> you're done. You're good. The game is not gonna end in a four four tie." He's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I was like, they were not in the I was going through like opportunities in my head on how I could get it. I was like, "It's just not possible." Yeah, the only the only way would have been you had forty one and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, a safety, a safety wouldn't even do it. <laughs> um. I'm not surprised. We talked about it. Yeah, this. I'm not surprised, man. Like, Northwestern really isn't very good on offense. And you mentioned it. Like, I can almost recite exactly what you said. You were like, North- Northwestern doesn't have that head and shoulders talent. So every single game there is, is going to be a dogfight, and they have to bring it every day, every week. Um, and they didn't do it. Peyton Ramsey throws, throws two picks. Like, Michigan State came out. And yeah, they went on the road. I, I, I talked about this before. I think Mel Tucker is a really good coach. Yeah. And there's yeah. there, this – I think the fact that he has wins over Michigan and Northwestern is incredibly impressive for his first year at Michigan State because this team was left in disarray when D'Antonio left. And they now they, he's bought himself another year and he's bought himself fan support. And they won this game at home. And yeah, we talked about it last week. Is Northwestern doesn't have the offense, they don't have the talent where they can sleepwalk through a game and win. It's different. Ohio State goes on the road against Michigan State. They sleepwalk and win by 10. Yep. Northwestern goes on the road and sleepwalks. They lose because they don't have that talent where you throw it out to a player and he makes a play in space. Yep. You have to be ready. You have to be ready to go every play. Your defense has to be locked in. Your offense has to be locked in. And when you play a perfect game, you can beat a team like Wisconsin. But if you don't play a perfect game, you can lose to a team like Michigan and, State. And they got punched in the mouth early. Credit Michigan State jumping out to a 17-0 lead, and they just kind of held strong. Um, Northwestern took the lead, and Michigan State made the plays down the stretch. They hit long field goals and won the game. There's there's a reason why only Notre Dame and Alabama have like 30 straight wins against yeah. on-ranked teams is because it is incredibly hard to do that. When you face an on-ranked team – Yep, you're getting their Teams, best shot. You get your be- you get their best shot, and you have to be ready. And only it takes a lot to build a culture like that. If it was so easy, teams like Michigan, who win games yep. against bad teams typically, yep. and then lose in the big games, there would be a lot more teams like that. Yeah, because it's not easy to do it. You requires good coaching, requires good talent. And Northwestern found out. Northwestern found out what it's like to be heading to Evanston, Illinois, as a ranked team. Um, yeah, like this is this is like the, the opposite of this is like a very classic score. Yeah, Michigan right. State's ranked 15th, go on the road to Evanston and lose to a three and nine Northwestern team. Absolutely right. Um, Indiana 27, Maryland 11. I stand by Indiana being better than Northwestern. I do, I think they're comparable defensively. I think Indiana has a has more options on offense. However, Michael Penix Jr. got hurt, 
and he's their superstar quarterback. So I may throw a wrench into things for Indiana. We'll see what happens. Jack total five for five. He's not not on the same stratosphere. Michael Penix Jr. is a really good player. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do you what do you think of Talia? Three picks. Yeah, I mean this is twenty five point seven QB. Look, I, I think Talia has all the. I think I think Maryland has a lot of talent around Talia. I think Talia is very talented. Like I mean, they are loaded with some four star recruits and some five star recruits. Like they are, but they're just not very well coached, and they've got this. There's something with Maryland, which like I don't see with other teams in the Big Ten. Where if your game plan is not working early, like you're fucked. Like Maryland has no ability to adjust in game. Like they just don't. Like if you just look at their wins, right? They got off to a great start against Minnesota and they got off to a great start against Penn State. But in their losses, they just got destroyed. Like whatever wasn't working, like they made no changes to figure shit out. I mean, this is why it was tough to lay the points with Maryland this week. Yeah. Is do you trust Loxie? And I'm glad I I didn't. I texted Colin like. Like around eleven thirty, like I'm really thinking about it, and he was like, "Ah, Loxley," and I was like, "You're right." So I ended up not doing it, um, and I'm glad I didn't. Obviously, Indiana, Maryland has talent. Maryland has has better talent than most teams in the Big Ten. Most, but, yeah, most mediocre. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With that. Like I would say, they're more talented than Indiana in general. You don't no, think I so? Think so. Dude, I think Indiana, based off his recruiting rankings, they are maybe, but Indiana has done a really good job. Yeah, well, that but that's that's different. developing talent. Like Northwestern yeah. is a better team than Maryland, but does Maryland have the more twenty four seven deposit talent? I would probably say yes. They probably do. That's actually you're probably right on that. Um, I don't have anything else on the game. Penn State twenty seven, Michigan seventeen. Ugh. Um, yeah, disappointing to be on Michigan. We're both on Michigan, and uh, they sucked. They're not very good. Uh, Cade McNamara. Which honestly, this doesn't surprise me, and we we've mentioned this quite a bit. And I think we talked about it as a reason to maybe not be on Michigan. A backup quarterback comes into a game, plays great, right? Because there's no film on yeah. him. Now there's film on him, and he doesn't look great. Yeah. There you go. And Sean Clifford's way better than yeah. than, than Levis. Like, yeah, yeah, he is way. That was that was like a. I don't know what the hell Franklin was doing. He, I think, actually, he cost his team the Purdue game. I mean, the Iowa game. Yeah, he by, did. He did. Not he did. They, 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 he 100% should have They may have still lost to Iowa, but it would have been a much better game. Like, Clifford's a full touchdown or more yeah, better yeah, than Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he cost him the game. <laughs> Fucking Franklin. Penn State coming to the dog. Freaking coming to SHI this weekend. Coming to the pit. <sighs> no kick the ass. <laughs> anyway, uh, what did you yeah. think about this game? Yeah, Anyone? this is just like. I don't know, man. We talked shitty about shitty Big Ten football. Shitty Big Ten football. These teams both suck. This is uh, the type of game that you would have seen in in years past out of you know Illinois Northwestern, and you see it out of Penn State Michigan. That's yeah. I, that was my opinion. Disgusting. Um, Penn State made more plays. Penn State has talent, and they finally got that win. So maybe they're going to figure some stuff out. I don't no, really no, know no, about no. that. They got a tough matchup they coming do. up. They do. Now uh, they got to go play a Rutgers team that is going to be so hungry. For Penn State. Yeah. I really hope Rutgers wins. Me too. Obviously. Um, anything else on this game, Colin? Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything. Sean Clifford pretty, made plays. And I, I think Sean Clifford pretty showed why he was the starting quarterback for a Penn State team that won yeah. 10 games last year, 11 games last year, whatever it was. Harbaugh. Harbaugh's got to be in trouble, man. Uh, he's in serious trouble. On the hot seat. On the hot seat, and I think I used a bit of a short, small sample size on Cade Cunningham, and I think that's why. Yeah, Cade Cunningham came back in a minute. You know, every week I feel like I figured it out, yeah. and that I'm like gonna make smart picks, and then the next week I'm right back to like dumbass decisions. 
Rutgers 37, Purdue 30. Um, Justin will be breaking this down yeah, for sure. us finally. Great, great win for Rutgers. Um, starting quarterback Noah Vedral was out, so Rutgers used a two-quarterback attack. Arthur Sinkowski played well. He was the throwing quarterback, 18 to 27, 41 yards, two touchdowns. Johnny Langan was the running quarterback. He played most of the second half. Um, he ran the ball 21 times from 95 yards, just constantly making big, big plays to get first downs and key spots. And um, Rutgers held the ball. I think we had we had possession for 20 minutes, 20 of the final 22 minutes, something crazy like that. Defense made big plays. There was a huge kick return for a touchdown by Crookshank. Have you, did you see the stats of this game, Colin? Look at the team stats. Look at how fucking even it was. Look at it. All right. Total yards, 412 to 412. Passing yards, three, 237 to 236. Rushing yards, 176 to 175. Like crazy stuff. Um, Rutgers won the game. They, they, I mentioned it last week. Like Rutgers has proven that they can, they can take a tough loss. And perform and get up and perform the next week. They did that after taking the tough loss to Illinois and performing against Michigan. They took the tough loss to Michigan, performed against Purdue. They got the big win. I'm really happy for the guys. Um, and they kept chopping. They won, like they won the game. They they did, and they won the game in the second half, down ten at halftime in the Big Ten Conference on the road. The Big Ten Conference. You you just and they found it. They whatever found fucking Shiana says. And they found a way to win. And I'm really proud of the guys. I'm really proud of them. They deserved it. And now they're coming home with a ton of freaking energy for Penn State on Saturday. All right, you ready for the ACC? You got anything to add on that game? Yeah, this 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 monkey texted me. Uh, good call on on Purdue after this guy actually picked UNC. I said touche. I conceded pretty quickly. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, you got a good point. <laughs> you got a good I, point. I, I knew. I, I saw that text. I was like, I can't believe you said this after the UNC pick. Um, I I didn't even pick Purdue. I just said I just said that I thought they were pretty good. They're not. I think Jeff Brown is riding on that win over Ohio State. Yeah. I don't think Purdue's that good either, man. No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I, I think I, I think there was a lot of, like, hype around Jeff Brown. A lot of Notre Dame fans wanted him. He did what Kelly could never do. All the idiot Notre Dame fans. Like, Notre Dame fans want him? They wanted after he beat after he beat Ohio State. The, oh, the thing is, what happens when your team goes 4-8? Yeah. And you have a brutal season. Is a lot of the people that like don't know a lot about football or just like yeah. just watch, kind of get in their head that Brian Kelly needs to be gone. And it's really hard to change somebody's mind when they want a coach fired. Yeah. And even though like Brian Kelly, the fact that he's changed so many minds is yeah. insane because yeah. it's one people are really How could stuck. You not be a Brian Kelly fan now. The, people yeah. still aren't. Because they're stubborn. When you have an opinion, you don't like you don't like to admit that you're wrong. Yeah. And yeah. No, I agree. With that. People I like it's with 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 Rutgers, right? Everybody loves Shiano. Yep. So Shiano is it's very easy. Like the whole board is in unison. Yep. Notre Dame. There's people that are like rational fans that have looked at what we've done the past couple of years and said this team is really good. He brought us in his third year after garbage under Weiss. To a national championship, we faced a fucking semi-pro team and got killed. But that's still an impressive year. You beat Oklahoma, you beat Stanford, and now we've done well. We've had close games. We just haven't got over the hump. This year, they finally get over the hump, and now people are like, "Oh, finally, I see it!" Like, yeah, there, it was there. You just like weren't looking for it, and you didn't want to. And there's still people that are like, "Oh, like we still suck." Like, how are you still gonna say we suck? We're number two in the fucking country. And with that, let's move on to the ACC. Let's save Notre Dame for last. Okay. And let's just quickly move through the other games. Clemson destroys Pittsburgh. No shock. 
Anything? Yeah, I actually thought this was a pretty impressive performance from Clemson because uh, Clemson wanted to make a statement. They fucking Florida State had to, like, there had to be COVID and cancel my bet because they were going to kill Florida State and I was going to make money on that and I'm sick. And you guys could have made money on it too because that was an easy bet. But here you get Clemson 24. And the reason why 24 is because Pittsburgh is actually a very, they've been playing well since they got Pickett back. And they're actually a matchup well for this Clemson team because their defensive line are dogs mm-hmm. and they get after it. And they no, can. He's beaten Clemson before. Yeah, he's beaten Clemson before. They play up to their competition and they can slow down the run. Like Clemson had 145 yards, but a lot of that is ETN. Like they, they break tackles and yeah. it just pops out. But what really impressed me is that, like, Trevor Lawrence is that fucking dude, man. Yeah, he's good, man. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in college football, mm-hmm. and he may not win the Heisman, which because like he was out with COVID and they had games canceled. But like some of the throws he made, I showed Sancho this before. Is Cornell Powell is running down the field and he's draped by a uh, Pitt DB, and Pitt's got really good defenders. Like they've got NFL talent on their defense. And this guy is all over him, 50 yards down the field. Trevor Lawrence drops a dot into Cornell Powell's arm where he didn't even have to extend his arm. I've never seen that. I don't see NFL uh, QBs make that play. That was insane, and he just dropped it in there. And, like, I watched their game against DJ, and I – like, DJ is insanely good, and he's going to be a top draft pick in a couple years. But there's a difference between being a top five draft pick – no, Joe Burrow was number one overall, and Trevor Lawrence is done things I've never seen Joe Burrow do, and I, Joe Burrow will never do. Trevor Lawrence is that fucking dude. He's a once-in-generational talent, and you can see it when you watch him play. NC State 36, Syracuse 29. Um, I'm not surprised. Like, not, we, well, we, it was a consensus hit. Yeah. Of course we're not surprised. We saw that line way, way, to, way, to, way, to, way to sniff that out because we were looking at that at like 14 and a half in the carrier dome. Yeah. Didn't make sense. Way to way to get on that. Yeah, I'm glad we did because um, Syracuse. Look, Dino Babers. They may not have the talent. They may have, they've been they've been killed by opt outs. They've been hurt by injuries. But Dino Babers, he's a good motivator, and he got them ready to play. And for what it's worth, they had every chance to win this game. Yeah, good for NC State. They're the better team. They're well coached. Also, they found a way to win it. But I'm not stunned at all that Syracuse. No, I mean Bailey Hockman isn't a. He's not like a. He's decent. He had four touchdowns and three hundred. 13 yards, but he's not like a – like you can limit yeah. a Bailey Hawkman-led offense, yeah. which is kind of the reason why I've like been harping on the Leary. Like when NC State gets a Leary back next year. They may get him back for the bowl game. Really? Oh, that's a that – kind of time to hammer NC State. Uh, yeah, because this team is good, but there's a reason why Leary is better than Hawkman. And the fact that they're still 7-3 and three with playing this many games with Hawkman is a testament – to the NC State coaching Dang and Lord. how good the team actually is. Yeah, um, I'm impressed by NC State, but like, you know, they, they beat Syracuse by a touchdown and they Syracuse were lucky because Syracuse yeah. spiked the ball in on a fourth down. Yeah, like, they very easily could have lost this yeah, game. So I'm, I mean, but they didn't and they won, and I'm happy we were on Syracuse. Was definitely the right side. Um, fourteen and a half, yeah, fourteen and a half, and it moved up to seventeen, and it was just like definitely the right side. BC thirty four, Louisville twenty seven. Um, look. 
no surprise in this game. Boston College is the better team. Malik Cunningham goes out, has a great game for Louisville. Their defense can't stop shit. Like it's it's been that that recipe yeah. all all season long for Louisville. Also, especially with out like yeah, they're still running back. Yeah, and uh, Javion Hawkins, right? And he's out. Two two out. Was- Atwell's back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Atwell's back. Atwell and Fitzpatrick, their starting wide receivers, are back and both playing really well. Both had good games. But that's what I mean. This is the problem with Louisville, and I think I fell in love with their with this as a trap early in the season. That's why I lost money early on Louisville. They, I fell in love with their skill. Right, Malik Cunningham, I think, is a terrific quarterback. He's a super skilled. And I think he's going to continue to be really good. They've got great receivers, Fitzpatrick and Atwell. They had a great running back in Javon Hawkins, who's out. Um, but they don't have much else. Like their defense is not very good. Their O line is not very good. And with all those things kind of factored in, like you lose games. You lose games to a, a, an experienced team like Boston College that was able to get whatever they wanted. They, yeah. When they wanted to throw the ball, they threw the ball. When they wanted to run the ball, they ran the ball. They were uh, good on defense. Like it was just. Turkovic got hurt in this game. Yeah. How serious? I don't know. But well, I think we just, I was just made sure we mentioned that. Yes. Grossell came in. Um, Played fine. Threw two touchdowns. I think it was a pretty close competition between Grossell and Jerkovic in the offseason, too, so I'm not surprised. I'm sure they feel pretty confident with Grossell also. Yeah. Um, well-coached team from BC. Both these Very teams well-coached. Coach. This is also the thing I've talked. we talked about. The ACC, the middle class in the ACC is rising up right now, yeah. and it's BC, been a long NC time. State. Yeah. BC, NC State, Wake. North Carolina, Wake. Wake. Like, Pitt is Pitt. You know, Virginia – like the, 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 you're gonna be on wake again. You're gonna go zero for four betting against Notre Dame. I mean, I'm going to be on wake in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So you're gonna go zero for four. Can't wait. You're not afraid of the awake at all. I was way more afraid of UNC. Okay. That's two weeks away. Anyway. Yes, the middle Stop of the doubting. Stop doubting. You are a doubter. You are a doubter. You are on Clemson. You are on UNC. You are on BC. I already got this message from uh, from your dad <laughs> walking in. You told me to stop doubting. <laughs> yeah, you're a doubter. You're a doubter. I'm not a doubter. I just bet the right side. Yeah, you haven't bet it yet. I've been on Notre Dame twice this year. When? Uh, South Florida. And it was in one other game. Let me look. Florida State. You lost both the time to – you won one and one against on Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, I lost betting on Florida State. On Notre Dame. You bet on Notre Dame. And you lied to me and told me you were on Florida State. <laughs> Disappointing day. Can we move on from that? Yes, the middle of the pack is rising. But the bottom is uh, is shit. Duke has been awful this year. Duke has been really bad. Good for Georgia Tech. They're getting they're, they're I getting think Georgia better. Tech has talent and yeah. they're young. Like Georgia Tech is a team, their youth movement is gonna start to pay off soon. Yeah, maybe as soon as next year. Yeah. Um Jeff Sims, really good game. Ran the ball for hundred yards, threw for three touchdowns. All right. Um and Notre Dame in probably was the biggest game of the week, I would say. Um they were able to beat North Carolina 31 to 17. Colin, your thoughts. Yeah, this was a really impressive game from the defense. I wanted to – when I was thinking about this and I saw the the over-under at 69.5, I was contemplating giving it out. I um, – Giving the under. Yeah, giving the under out because this seemed like a game – like having this set at 70 just seemed a little bit too big because I understand like the UNC offense is really good. But they hadn't played defense like Notre Dame. I mentioned they got held to 26 points against BC. 
And this is actually in the um, Sam Howell, Matt Brown era. This is the lowest point total uh, for UNC. It's also their first time losing by more than a touchdown. Yes. Which is, uh, I like, the defensive line for Notre Dame has started to play well. Like, they, against Georgia Tech was the first time they really made an impact. And then they did it again against Clemson, and they got after Dracovic. And they were in the backfield so many times. Sam Howell was actually a lot harder to bring down than I expected. He's, he's a big, strong. I didn't realize how big he was. He's, he's, he's short. Like he's yeah, short yeah he's, he, he's short and stumpy. Yeah. But he, he's, he's, he's hard to bring down. And, like, they would have to have, like, four or five people get after him. But they were in the backfield all day. And that was what really impressed me is the defensive line dominated that. The offense – was rusty. I think having two offensive linemen out was really big deal. The, having a new center, there were definitely some high snaps that Ian Book just like took advantage of. Like Ian Book is a dude because when he's escaping in the pocket, it's like watching that is so much fun as a Notre Dame fan because you just see a broken play and you're like, okay, it's gonna get a first down. Mm-hmm. Like there, it was like first and goal snap underneath him. He runs back, jukes out two defenders, tosses to Kyron Williams, and they score a touchdown on the play. Yep. Like that play with any other quarterback is about like a 10 yard loss. Yeah. And by the end of the game, they started to wear down North Carolina. And I think you were thinking that North Carolina was just going to stay in this game for long enough that they were eventually going to get it, but they, they never got into rhythm offensively. And I think the performance with Kyle Hamilton, the best defender on Notre Dame's team out. Yeah. Uh, he's, Oh, to promote. Yeah, it's them two. It's them two. Those those are the top two. But I think Kyle might be better. They're both first round draft picks, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty close. But there's more of a depth issue at safety than there is at linebacker. So like having a Wusu out, you have like Marifau, Kaiser, like you have a lot of really good backups. There's not as much hype about the safety backups and the fact that they were able to do that and just shut down this UNC offense, I think, was an incredibly impressive performance. The uh, O-line struggled a little bit in running. Like, this isn't a great North Carolina defense, and they had a lot of opportunities to put this game away, and it took a little while. But at the end, when they got the ball back with five minutes left, they ran down the field and punched it in with a minute left and just put the game on ice. I agree. I texted Kyle after the game. I, I had UNC. I had him plus seven. Like I, I, you guys, plus I seven. Did. I got the best number. I got it at the perfect time, plus seven without buying any points. Really? I got him. Which so I mean, obviously I was a little disappointed, but like I texted comment after the end. I was like, this that was Notre Dame's defense was insane. Like that was an incredible, incredible performance. It was a championship level performance. Um, Notre Dame is the second best team in the country. Like, in, I, 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 there were I had I had my qualms. I don't have my qualms. You know, I, I, I like, I was like I was a doubter, and I, I think. I think I still will probably be on Wake in a couple of weeks just because I like I like Wake and I think it's gonna be yeah. a good spot for them. Um, but man, I was impressed with Notre Dame. Like really impressed. Yeah, I think the wide win. win. You should be really, really happy. The wide receiver core has really been like yeah. impressive this they year. Devon McKinley yeah. has been like a fifth year senior has done nothing coming into this year, has 135 yards, and he's like when Book throws the ball deep, he goes and gets it. it I think as a like as a objective viewer. Notre Dame's offense has developed to the to the point where they all know their roles. Like Ian Book knows what his job is, and he does it really well. Kyron Williams is a terrific running back. He's a he, he runs hard. He runs well. 
Skaronic is that kind of jump ball threat in the end zone, middle of the field. Michael Mayer is that possession kind of receiver who's an absolute freaking beast. And McKinley makes big plays. Like they, I'm, I'm impressed. I am fucking impressed with Notre Dame, Colin. Yeah, I mentioned this before. And impressed. I think this defense may be the best defense in the country. It, I, they proved it. There, there's, there's Clemson, and I think maybe I, – I'm not going to give Alabama that credit yet, but Alabama – Maybe there. I the, the Notre Dame the ACC has the two best defenses in the country. Right Notre now. Dame holding North Carolina to 17 points and shutting them out in the second half is, in my opinion, the best defensive performance of the season. Yeah, any team. It, it, it. I mean, also they scored the first two possessions with touchdowns, and I thought I was like, oh no, we're going into a shootout. And I, you don't want to, you don't want to go in a shootout with Sam Howell. No, Clark Lee made the right adjustments. Clark Lee they is get, a fucking genius. They, they got pressure on Howell, like they made. As crazy as it is, as crazy as it is, they they like took they took multiple parts of North Carolina's offense away. The North Carolina couldn't run the ball that effectively. I like mean, the eighty-seven okay. yards. They, this is one of the best running teams in the nation. And, and I talked about this. I thought maybe the Clemson performance was a little bit misleading because Clemson's O line has not been great all year. They're like a really good in pla- in pass protection, but they're not that great in run blocking. Yeah. UNC has been running the ball well, and they've had a good like offensive line pretty much all year and holding the dynamic duo to 87 total yards rushing and 2.9 yards per attempt. Incredible. Like Kurt Heinisch is a fucking three-star prospect from Pittsburgh. And that guy is playing out of his mind. Yeah. Colin, it was a real, it was a great win for Notre Dame and they're, they're in great, they're in great shape. They're in great shape. Um, anything else? That's all I got. All right. Um, quickly, let's just recap what happened. I went four and five on the week, so I'm 34 and 35 on the season. Colin went six and six on the week. You are now 34 and 37. You are one game back. Is that right? Yeah. Two yeah. back in the loss column, even in the win column, one game back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like I'm going to have to get aggressive again on offense. Yeah. We can't just sit on like, the like to like to see Santi actually make some picks this week. All right. Um, that'll do it. Uh, we'll talk to you at the end of the week. Um, for our week 14 picks. Uh, That's it for us. Peace. See you.